Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Hello, VP family. It is Thursday, June 16, and uh, thank you for joining us again today. I'm Kim, and I'm here with my daughter, Kennedy. Um, She's still hanging in there, so thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to start off. It's Thankful Thursday. I have another thankfulness, but I am thankful that you're joining me, even though I had to offer a small bribe. So I'm just going to be honest. Uh, Life has been crazy and hectic, so I had no other um, guests. So Kennedy willingly, not so willingly, (laughs) agreed to do this. Um, I'm hoping that at the end she'll be blessed as much as I was to be doing it together. So I'm thankful for that, but I have another one too. But what are you thankful for on this Thursday? Um, I would say I'm thankful for the opportunity to go on the mission trip to Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I'm also thankful for the VP family for supporting um, the youth group and allowing us to go on this mission trip. Yeah, lots of great donations um, just show that our family is certainly um, supportive of our youth. And I think that is critically important um, that we give these opportunities to our teenagers and even preteens and even the younger kids. But um, mission trips, I think, are always a huge growth opportunity. And obviously, we want to see growth and maturity uh, coming from our students. So thank you, VP family. I have two daughters going on the high school trip, and I have one daughter going on the middle school trip. So um, I know that I'm grateful that we don't have to bear the entire financial burden to have three kids go on mission trips. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Um, Another thing that I'm thankful for, we're recording this actually while Kennedy and Kylie are both going to be on the mission trip. Um, We're recording it before they go, but you're going to listen while they're there. So I ask for prayers um, for them while they're there. But um, also just in light of the fact that we just celebrated the graduation of Kylie from high school. I'm grateful that um, we made a big change this year and uh, she transferred to Zealand and um, it just proved to be a great blessing for her and for our family um, and to end her senior year and high school career on such a high note. Um, I'm just thankful that God kind of pushed us in that direction and uh, that he was faithful to make that turn out to be awesome. So I'm grateful for that. Um, And yeah, that's it. So we are going to be reading from Galatians today, uh, chapter 3, verse 23 through 29. And Kennedy is going to read that for us again today. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. 
For you are all children of God through faith in Christ, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Thank you, Kennedy. Um, I'm glad you read that in the New Living Translation because I feel like it's a little bit more clear and I think it had a unique way of um, explaining the purpose of the law. So thank you for reading it in that version. Um, what was something that stood out to you as you read this? Um, I think what stood out to me was before Christ, we were all controlled by law. And I honestly had no idea. Like, I knew nothing of that. And it just, it's crazy to think that there was a before Christ and that they were controlled by a law. Like, I just think that's crazy to think of that. Yeah, right. Um, I think that as I read it, that was, I really, on this one, I had to go back because there's, I feel like in earlier part of Galatians 3, um, I think it has to be considered as a whole, not really broken up into this section, because I think this section could be misinterpreted um, in what the value of the law was um, and is. Um, so I think it's important that if you haven't read the entire Galatians 3, read the entirety of Galatians 3 so that you have a good perspective on the whole of this message, um, not just a snippet that could maybe be taken out of context. Um, so for what that's worth, you're right that, you know, the law was established um, so that we would be made aware of our sin. It wasn't like because the law was there, we were sinful. We were sinful, right, since Adam and Eve. So the law just kind of provided that framework or that guardianship of we had to live within that law because that is how we um, could fulfill our purpose and, you know, live according to God's ways. Right. So the law made us aware of our sin and gave us the tools or the information to know, OK, so how then do we live so that we don't live according to our sinful nature, but so that we live according to God's nature? Um, Jesus said he came to fulfill the law, not to abolish the law. So it's not like when Jesus came, we can disregard the law and no longer live by that. It's just that that is no longer the way in which we are saved. So I think it's important to remember that as you read this part. And I think that's kind of clear earlier in Galatians. Um, I think when I read it, I like to look at different versions, but I read it in the NASB. Um, I find that sometimes, I don't know, more of an accurate like word for word translation, but that sometimes isn't necessary an idea, idea translation. Um, but in verse 24, it put it a little bit differently. It says, therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all who of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Um, I think, you know, that's 
again, coming to the assumption that um, that we come to faith in Christ. But there's an immediate change, right? Like it mentions, right? Like you come to Christ, you're baptized into Christ and you've clothed yourselves with Christ, which means we put on a different outfit. You know, we don't just come to faith in Christ and knowing God and Jesus and all that he's done and then continue to wear the same dirty clothes. We came in dirty, but Jesus washes us clean. We don't put our dirty clothes back on. So um, I think there has to be that obvious change in who you are, um, an outward and an inward, I guess. Um, anything else that caught your attention? Um, I would say that like in God's eyes, we're all one. It doesn't matter male or female, slave or free, sinner or not, Jew or Gentile. None of that really matters to God. We are all one, like just to him. And we all think of ourselves like we're all higher than others in our faith or better than others just overall and it's really not how it is it's really you're all just equally one in god's eyes yeah i think that's how he intends us to live in this world right to be honest i think he wants us to live out in the same way that he sees us we're created by him he loves us each and every one of us right we are his creation um it doesn't matter that you have blue eyes and somebody else has brown eyes or blonde hair versus black hair. Um, God does not see those things that actually make us unique. He sees us as a person, as his creation. Um, and I don't think he compares us to one another. I think he compares us to Jesus and that's it. That's our standard. That's the bar that he set for us. So he compares us only to Jesus um, and then sees our hearts as we learned the other day. Um, but yeah, what an awesome world that would be to live in where we don't really put any attention to those labels. You know, what faith are you? Um, are you male or female? Are you white or black or yellow or purple? Um, whatever your skin color is like, God doesn't see us through that lens. Um, and so I think he models that we should not see others through that lens. Um, but we should see everyone as a creation of his. Um, and hopefully they'd be new creations in Christ. I think one last thing is, um, this isn't a huge passage. So I think the last thing I noticed was in verse 29, um, it says, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true, the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. I don't know about you, but. Um, did you, did that like raise any questions to you when it says you are his heirs and 
God's promise to Abraham belongs to you? I'd say that the question that raised that like that passage raised to me was what was Abraham's promise or God's promise to Abraham? Because I don't, I mean, I don't remember anything of what God's promise was to Abraham. So it like raised a question like, what is that promise? I know that promise belongs to me, but what is that promise? Right. I mean, if you're given something and you don't know what it is, what value is there in having it? Like, right. <laughs> right. We could give you some fruit that maybe doesn't look like fruit and you have it, it's in your possession. But if you don't know what it is, you're not like, if you don't know it's fruit, you're not going to eat it. Right. Right. The value comes in knowing what is that promise. Um, so if we are, if we belong to Christ and therefore we are children of Abraham's and the promises that God gave to Abraham, he gives to us. Let's just assume we are all children of God. We are followers of Jesus, and therefore we are children and heirs of Abraham's. If that's true of every one of us listening, what are those promises that God made to Abraham? I looked it up, so I'm just going to read them off. What are those promises? Um, and know that these promises are for you if you are a child of God and a follower of Jesus. Okay? So, these are promises and God cannot break a promise. It's not within his character or his ability to as God. So we know that these are true. Um, and so I'm just going to end this for today with the promises of God to Abraham, which are yours to claim. You need to know them so that you can claim them um, and live out of them. Um, the first thing God promised land to Abraham, right? He promised a specific piece of property to Abraham and his descendants. Uh, he made good on that. I don't know what that looks like for us. Does God promise us a specific piece of land for us to own? I don't know, it, but it, that is a promise. So whatever that looks like, I'm not sure. It maybe raises more questions. The second thing God promised was to bless Abraham. Now he did this all before Abraham had any children. Right. And I think the blessing to Abraham was a he didn't have land. He did not have children. And God's promising him that he will. And Abraham is really, really old when he makes when God makes these promises. Um, but they came true. So he promises to bless us as well. The third thing was he promised to make Abraham's name great. And we know that it is. Abraham is like the right? Like short of Jesus, right? Like Abraham was before that. Um, lots of big names in the Bible. Abraham's one of them. Um, so as his descendants, God promises to make our names great. What does that look like? What does that mean? I don't know. But we are promised that he will make our name great. Fourth, um, he promises to bless those who bless Abraham and curse those who curse Abraham. So that would be true of us. The people who bless us will be blessed. The people who curse us will be cursed. Um, so that's, a, again, a promise we can cling to is sometimes when we feel beaten down and attacked by people, they're cursing us. God will give them 
their due because he promises to protect his children. Um, and the last thing I had was he promises to make Abraham a blessing to others. Um, and through Abraham's life and his descendants and through Jesus, right? Like that blessing continues today. So he promises to make us a blessing to other people. Um, so what does that look like for you to understand those promises, to grab hold of those promises, and then to live out of those promises of God? Uh, because we are told if we are followers of Jesus, if we put our faith and trust and hope in him, that we're heirs of Abraham's and those promises are true for us. So let's um, grab hold of that. Um, Abraham received those promises of God because he had faith. You know, he trusted God and that was evident by his obedience. You know, so we see that there's a component of faith and obedience, um, which obviously, again, kind of brings us back to the purpose of the law. Um, so may we be children of God, followers of Jesus, heirs of Abraham, and grab hold of these promises that God has for us um, and live out of those promises. Um, knowing that they're true. I pray that you'll have a awesome Thursday. Um, we are like, yeah, over halfway through the month of June already. Uh, maybe that's going to startle more of you than just me. Hopefully, I don't know. Um, time seems to be flying by already in the month of June. So I pray that you will be uh, blessed today and um, cling to the promises of God. Have a great day. We will be back tomorrow for our final day. And yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.